This week on the Small Church Media Podcast, we are going to continue the conversation around sermon series graphics, but take that next step where we don't just talk about the sermon series graphics, but now we talk about how to make the most use out of the slides that follow that sermon series graphic. You ready to talk about it? Let's do it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, welcome back, everybody. So if you were looking for this podcast for some reason around 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. this morning (laughs) here on Tuesday, May 31st, I got to apologize, guys. So I woke up sick as a dog this uh, this past Friday, and I was actually in bed literally all Friday last week was normally when I record the podcast and yesterday was Memorial Day and I was just not able to get this podcast dropped as fast as what I normally do. So if you were looking for that this morning on your way to work, which I know some of you guys do listen to it at that time, I really do apologize for that. But either way, we're here, we're hanging out, we're going to have a good time today. It is early in the morning, my voice is still waking up, but I hope you guys had a great Memorial Day if you're here in the States. Just remembering those lives of the soldiers who, you know, we we read in the Bible, it's, you know, no greater love than this than lay, lay one's life down for his friend. And so many soldiers, they don't even know who they're laying lives down, except for the fact of our freedom to worship how we want to worship and be able to have the freedoms that we have as an American. So if you are a veteran, I know this is not Veterans Day. There's a big difference, but I do want to say thank you. Or if you have lost someone in the line of duty, I want to say thank you to you as well. But I hope you enjoy Memorial Day with your family. Hopefully you're able to take a little R&R, hang out with the family, hang out with the friends. We finally got the pool set up for the kids yesterday, and we had some friends over. And we had a great time till late, late, late last night. We had a great, great, great time doing that. So I hope you had a great Memorial Day as well. And before we get too deep in today's conversation, I have a couple quick housekeeping things that we got to get to. First, we have another review that was left for us over on Apple Podcasts, which just makes my day every time I see one of these. And this review was left by Lenny V90. And I'm guessing, Lenny, you were the one who emailed me a couple days ago, which honestly just made me grin ear to ear, bro. So he left this rating for us and review over on Apple Podcasts. It says, this podcast has been such a help and encouragement for me. As a pastor of a small church, this podcast has given me inspiration and some resources to accomplish some of my goals for the media for my church. So thank you, Mark, for, uh, and you spelled my name right, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark, for all your passion and hard work. If you're small church, do, if you are a small church, do not miss this podcast. You will not regret listening to it. Well, Lenny, I want to buy a cup of coffee on me, bro. So send me another email with whatever your address is. I'll get a gift card in the mail at some point this week because, hey, I can't travel where you are to have a cup of coffee with you. So the least I could do is get you a gift card so you can have some coffee. Or if you're not a big coffee fan, bro, just let me know and I'll get something else in the mail for you. So that way, maybe, hey, you could sit at the coffee shop, drink a little coffee, and listen to a little small church media podcast. But if you listen over to Apple Podcasts, I would encourage you to leave a rating and review. It helps the algorithm a little bit so that when people are looking for different types of podcasts out there, this one pops up more quickly in their feeds. Or if you're over on Spotify, leave a rating over there or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to leave a rating... That'd be awesome. Go ahead and leave a rating over there. One more housekeeping thing before we jump into the conversation is we officially have a sponsor for the Small Church Media Podcast. Now, over the next few months, I'm going to be reading different scripts about this company, but today I want to introduce you to this company, Worship Tools with Adam 
Meyer. Recognize that name? We interviewed Worship Tool. Well, actually, we interviewed Adam Meyer about Worship Tools about three or four weeks ago here for the podcast. Well, just the other day, he jumped on and said, Mark, we want to partner with you guys. We want to sponsor the podcast. That way, you guys can continue to grow. And that way, you, maybe more small church pastors can find the podcast and then hear more about us as well. So the official podcast for the next few months for the Small Church Media Podcast is Worship Tools. So head over to Worship Tools right now where you can find solutions to most of your church's needs. Whether you need help with having some sort of presenter, so that way you can get rid of Google Slides or or even PowerPoint or Keynote. If you need to schedule people for your church, you can do Worship Tools Planning, which lets you schedule all your volunteers for both your worship services and your children's ministry and your teenage student ministry, however you want to use it. You can volunteer, uh, not volunteer, (laughs) you can communicate with your volunteers and let them be reminded about when it's their turn to serve. So head over to Worship Tools right now. If you sign up, let them know that I sent you because Adam and I would just love to know that listeners from the Small Church Media Podcast are jumping onto the Worship Tools family. So head over to Worship Tools right now. It's completely free to sign up. It's completely free to use their tools. And I was even talking with him. He has a new feature of Presenter coming out here soon. I said, so dude, are you going to put that behind the paid wall? He goes, no, dude, we, we always put stuff onto the free platform. Why would I make people pay to use the software? So keep an eye out, keep an ear out for the next latest drop coming out of Worship Tools, and that will also be free. So head over to Worship Tools right now, sign up for a free account. It will always be free. That way you can experience it, you can experiment with it and see if it works well for your church. No trials, just completely free over at worshiptools.com. Well, today we're going to have a conversation kind of around a topic that we've had before on the podcast, but I figured since we are landing the plane, so to speak, on Sermon Series Graphics, it would be a great idea to have one more conversation around something that is just as important as your actual sermon series graphic. Because when you, when not just you, you're up on stage preaching generally, but when your congregation is sitting in your church, while you are speaking, yes, they see the sermon series graphic, but most of the sermon, you're generally gonna have something else up on the screen, not just the sermon series graphic. Now, there were many times that when I was teaching, I didn't bring any slides with me because I just ran out of time to present them. So we just left the graphic up on the screen the whole time. And maybe you do that as well. But generally speaking, while you are communicating, while you're preaching or while you're teaching, you generally have the slides that are going on behind you. So that way people can follow along, they can take notes, they can maybe even read scriptures. That way, if they didn't bring a Bible with them to service, great, they can see it right there on the screen. And maybe you follow this typical mindset when it comes to sermon slides, is you have your title slide, then when you got a main point, you put your main point up on the slide, then as you have subpoints, and maybe you still do subpoints where you have point one, point one A, point one B, you have your subpoints, and then maybe you put your, your scripture up there on the screen. But here's the problem with the typical way that we tend to do sermon slides, is when we tend to put sermon slides together, they kind of tend to feel lazy or that you feel like you have to put something on the screen. So therefore you have to be a good use of your resource. So you just put something up there or you feel like you have to have everything on the screen at all times, including your worship slides. This is not about worship slides, but if you have six lines of worship slides up on your screen, please don't do that. You don't need that. Only have like three or four. But a lot of times when we use our actual sermon slides, we want to make sure people know exactly where everything is going. We want everything up on the screen at one point in time. We got to make sure we put our main points up there. But generally when we do that, it actually proves to not be very effective. 
sometimes it's not very effective because people just don't pay attention. And then when they see a new thing pop up on the screen, they snap back to attention because they're just waiting for the next thing to write down. Or maybe when you're trying to put all this information up on the screen, it's so small on the screen that people like my mom can't even read the screen. In fact, that was a big complaint we had at our church for a little bit, and that's the reason why that we had to just switch how we do it, which finally is what I was begging to do, is because people couldn't always read what was going on. And to be honest with you, if people are actually following along with the screen, they generally write down a lot more things than what you actually say. So today, we're going to talk about a new way that you should do your sermon series slides, and I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, okay, this is going to take a lot more intentionality, and it's also going to take a little bit more work and effort on your part, but I can guarantee if you go through this new way of doing it rather than just the main point and just your sub points, you'll find that people will generally engage with your sermon a little bit better. They may actually even take better notes. And generally, when you say something witty, which we'll talk about in a second, they don't always have a chance to write it down because you've already moved on. If you can learn how to use the screen as a partner with you while you are preaching, your people can get way more out of your sermon. Sound good? All right, so let's jump into it. Here's the four ways that, not four ways, more four steps about a new way to do your sermon slides. Number one is, yes, you need to put your main points up on the screen, but don't put your sub points under the main points, okay? I see this all the time where you have like the main point at the top, and then every sub point just kind of fills in on the screen. If people are taking notes, though, they don't need to see everything in a row as if it was a printed outline, because if you're already printing your outline for them, they fill in the blanks, they're following along, or are taking their own notes, they're smart enough. They know what is going on. So don't just fill the entire screen up with your main point and your sub point. That's what professors at colleges do. Don't do that. The next thing you should do is put up the statements that you want people to remember, even if it's not the main point. All right, check this out. Our pastor this past Sunday, and I always say whenever I do podcasts, I don't want to, to do a podcast because of my church. That's not the reason for it. But the at our church, we have uh, we have two, well, we have our lead pastor, we have our founding pastor. Founding pastor was the founding pastor of our church, and he's actually the father of our lead pastor right now. But this dude has, and so dad was preaching, papa Papa was preaching. This dude has some of the best little, quid, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not quick and wit- quick and witty. Is that the right word? Quick and witty phrases that he puts into his sermons. I mean, the dude is an alliteration master. He has like as much ebb and flow. If you're like a big, like Steve Furtick fan, where everything Steve Furtick says is basically a tweet. Our founding pastor has something similar where he will say these phrases that are just beautifully written. And you know, he beautifully thought them out. They have a rhyme. They have a flow. They have a reason. They have a purpose. But he said about, I want to say eight of them during the sermon. That might be a little little too much. Maybe six. Maybe six of these during the sermon last, or during, well, two days ago. And they were never on the screen. And when he said them, I'm like, oh, that's really good. But the second I hesitated for a minute, said, oh, those are really good. I should write those down. We were already moving on in, in, into the rest of, you know, the rest of the sermon. So I didn't have time to sit there and think about what he said and write down because we were still moving. So if you have a statement that you want people to remember, even if it's not a main point, put that thing on the screen. A lot of times, when we as communicators are developing our sermons, yes, our main points are generally pretty witty. A lot of times we have, you know, we try to make everything rhyme and have a reason or the four ways for this or the the three W's for this. But a lot of times we actually create really fun sayings inside of our sermons that we want to say to help prove a point. 
put those actually up on the sermon slide as well, not just your main points. We'll talk about that in a minute, but let's keep going on. Every time you use a quote from somebody else, put that quote up on the screen because here's the deal. People love a good quote. People love a good quote. So if you're quoting a church father, if you're quoting a modern historian like Taylor Swift or Kanye West for whatever reason, because you want to bring a pop culture reference into it, or you're reading some book, you want to bring a C.S. Lewis quote into the mix, you want to bring something from Lord of the Rings in, whenever you actually have a quote, put that thing on the screen because you'll notice that when you're actually reading a quote from somebody and you put it on the screen, people will read the quote, they'll hear you say it, and they're more likely to remember that quote. And you can watch people may start even writing the quotes down because if they see it on the screen, they want to write it down. And a lot of times on social media, people are more likely to share quotes from other people than their own content that they've created for themselves, which also helps you as you're creating social media content for your church. So if you're quoting somebody, it does not matter who it is, put that quote up on the screen as well. And here's a bonus point if you want a little bonus point, all right? Put a picture up of that person as well. Most people in today's culture, we know who C.S. Lewis is. We know who Tolkien is. But to be honest, if you're bringing in a quote from like D.A. Carson, people might not know who D.A. Carson is. People, sure, they may, like, they may know who Spurgeon is, but surprisingly, not everybody knows what Spurgeon looks like. But when you say that he's the Prince of Preachers and you put a picture up on the screen, you go, snap, he really is the Prince of Preachers. If you're doing a modern guy like David Platt, Matt Chandler, yeah, you can find pictures of them, but especially church fathers, it's really fun to put pictures up of the church fathers because, like, yes, John Christendom was an actual real Dude, so if you, I'm just gonna, I don't need to, you know, beat a dead horse, but if you put a quote, uh, if you put a quote into your actual sermon, make sure you put that quote up on the screen as well. And here's the last thing you need to do, all right? A lot of times we always have, uh, not a lot of times, you should always have application for your sermon. In fact, when I was in a uh, homiletics class, our, our preaching professor always said, the application is the pants to your message because you'll walk out of the, I mean, like, like let's say you, you weren't like a button-up shirt and a shirt under it. You can forget the button-up shirt, go out in public and you still be socially acceptable. You can forget shoes and generally be okay in most places. You can forget get socks, you can be okay. You can forget your belt and you can be okay. You can forget to do your hair and you can be okay. But if you forget your pants, <laughs> that is not okay. You cannot forget your pants. And the same way the pants are uh, the, the the application to the sermon is like the pants to your body is you cannot forget to have the application. And a lot of times we just have a general application of what we're trying to do or what we're trying to tell people to do. But this is the best time to actually use the screen and put your application of what you want people to do on the screen because people can sit there and listen to a sermon and they can go, this is great. This is awesome, Pastor Bill. But now what? Now, now what do I do? But if you actually give people their marching orders and you put them on the screen and you tell people, write this down, people will write this down and you can use those write this down points as follow-ups in your church communication, such as your email, your texting, or even your social media. But if you're doing any sort of application, even if you just want to change people's mindset, where it's the fact of, yes, our goal as Christians is to remember that our this world is not our home. But the world's coming is our home. And then the question is, okay, so what does that mean for me right now? Put the, what does that mean for right now on the screen? And you will be blown away by the amount of change people actually start to take in their lives because now they don't just hear you tell them what to do. They see it and then they write it down. And now they are engaging with the sermon like 
never before. You know, this may be a controversial subject that I bring up now, but I'm actually a big fan of Andy Stanley, and I love Andy Stanley's teaching method. Now, granted, um, I listen to Andy Stanley, and I'm a very big proponent of Andy Stanley is very much a teacher. His sermons kind of have a podcast flair, so I love listening to his podcast and listening to him speak. But the man is one of the greatest communicators, in my opinion, in our culture right now. But whether or not you're an Andy Stanley fan or not, don't don't leave me. Don't 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 lose out of what I'm about to say, all right? But if you are a big Andy Stanley fan, love you too. But if you ever watch Andy Stanley preach, you might have noticed a little something weird that's on stage. If you watch him preach, he never walks up there with a podium. He never walks up there with notes. He walks up there with just a TV next to him. Now, I don't know if he was the first pastor to ever bring a TV up on stage, and that's how he used his notes, but he's the reason why so many other megachurch pastors, and not even megachurch, I know a lot of small churches who preach with a TV on stage as well, but he is probably, I would say, the most revolutionary person when it comes to having a screen next to him on stage, and that's how he interacts with his TV. Like, he literally, they bring in like a 60-inch TV on a cart, and that is how he teaches. Just look him up, North Point Community Church, watch a sermon, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. But the amazing thing is, is, is how um, they, they put a lot of stock in production value. Let's just put it that way. They put a lot of stock in production value. But when you see the TV, it's literally just a black background, white text, and the important text is underlined, and it's yellow. But here's the deal, okay? He actually interacts with that TV because the TV is actually the notes of his sermon. So when he's talking and when he's teaching, every important thing that he ever said, he that he is literally shown on the TV. Like the TV literally is a guide to the people that are both watching online and people who are in the congregation of as he actually teaches, the next thing he says, it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it's not like scripted out, but most of the important things that he wants to communicate and he wants people to remember are always, 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 always on the screen. It doesn't matter if it's a 20 minute sermon or it's a 50 minute sermon. Cause I've seen the man go an hour. Those are literally his notes. So he brings no notes up on him with the screen and just the TV and everything he says that he wants to be driven home or to be interact with. He actually shows it on the screen. But with Andy Stanley, this is a, probably where he is a little different than maybe where a lot of us are as communicators is he generally doesn't have points. Or if he does have points, his points are generally the application. But Andy Stanley doesn't have points throughout his message. He has takeaway statements. All right. Now, granted, the 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 he has a different style of presentation where maybe like for you, you do the um uh, what does it mean? Let's illustrate it and then let's apply it. His format is all about, he talks about me and then we, he brings God into it. And then that's where the biblical support comes in. And then he talks about you and then we as a church, just look up Andy Stanley teaching style online. It's a super fascinating study, but he generally doesn't go expository, but he uses his PowerPoint to support his message. Nevertheless, rather than just use it because they have these massive screens and hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment that he has to use up on a stage. Andy Stanley uses his actual TV as his notes to not just not just to point his main points up on the screen, but he actually uses it to engage with his audience. So that way, every time you hear him say something important, you also read it and then you also write it down. 
So here's the big question then. What should you do coming out of this podcast? You like that little application for you. So what should you do coming out of this podcast? Whew, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go get some coffee after this and some water because my, my throat is hurting real bad. But here's three things that you should do coming out of this podcast episode, all right? Number one is figure out how to add more to your screen than just your bullet points because people don't need a screen to view those. You can literally tell people, this is point one, write this down, and they could write it down. You don't need a screen to tell people just the main points. Figure out how to use your screen, not just as a way to show your points, but how to literally support and uplift everything that you are saying. Number two is anytime you make a great quote or a sentence that you've alliterated or punned or whatever dad joke you did, put it up on the screen because people will then potentially even remember that quote longer and maybe write it down. And the third thing that you should do is interact with the screen more than it just being a screen like a lecture hall. When I was in college, our professors put as much content on the screens as they could. And our job as students was to literally copy every single thing that went on the screen. Why? So that way we could regurgitate it on a test. Christianity isn't a test. It's about changing our minds and conforming more to the mind of, of, of Jesus. And that's what you are trying to help your people do in your congregation. So use your screen to your advantage, not just because you have to use it, but actually learn how to interact with the screen so that way it supports your message, it supports everything that you say, and maybe you can watch people start actually living out and applying your messages even better. Well, guys, I said this at the top of the episode, but I just want to say thank Worship Tools for being the official podcast sponsor of the Small Church Media Podcast. Go check them out over at worshiptools.com. And if you listen to Apple Podcasts, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating and review. And over on Spotify, a rating, or wherever you listen to podcasts, if you're able to leave a rating or review, please do it over there. But if this podcast has been an encouragement to you, could you do me a favor? Could you send this episode or just the whole it's podcast over to a friend of another small church. It would be awesome just to get this podcast in the hands of so many different small church pastors so that way we can continue to learn how to use media, not just to reach new people for Jesus, but like what we talked about today, using your sermon slides, but to help grow and increase the faith of your own congregation. We'll see you next week on the Small Church Media Podcast. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.